Welcome to our session on emerging technologies and transportation. I'm Danny Gomez, Managing Director of Financial Emerging Markets at Freightways, and today I'm joined by Ravi Shankar, Managing Director of, uh, at Morgan Stanley. Ravi, thanks for joining us today. Before we jump in, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background on yourself and your role at Morgan Stanley? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Danny. Uh, so I'm uh, Executive Director and uh, Lead uh, Transportation and Airlines Analyst here at Morgan Stanley. Uh, I've been at MS uh, coming up on 17 years. Uh, I covered the auto sector in North America for the first 12 years. Uh, for the last six years, uh, I've been covering uh, freight transportations that includes uh, rails, trucking, parcel, and logistics. Uh, and for the last year or so, I've covered the airline space as well. So you've seen a lot in the last 24 months. And um, even before that, there was a lot of changes in the transportation. Supply chains, uh, like I said, in the last 24 months have seen, um, have been highlighted, really. Um, we've noticed it. We took them for granted probably before. Um, and I think what we've realized is that there needs to be a lot of innovation. Um, we need to be uplifting technologies that are innovating the space to help with reliability, efficiency, and sustainability. When you look out at the landscape, what are some uh, some technologies that people who are operating in the space, asset owners, um, investors, really the public should be thinking about? Look, I mean, I think that's a, that, that's a really good point for uh, the, the vast majority of the last six or so years that have covered the space. Uh, we've been very clear that, uh, you know, the, the, the playbook that this industry has used uh, for the two or three decades uh, before now, uh, you can just throw that out. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when you look at some of the uh, structural and cyclical changes that have taken place uh, in this industry, again, you look around you right now and, and the number one headline for every company and every media publication right now is what's happening to supply chains. This is obviously somewhat a function of the pandemic, but also not really a surprise. We wrote uh, as early as December 2019, uh, you know, we expected uh, uh, 2020 to be the tightest struck market in history. This is before anyone had ever heard of the pandemic. And that was because of uh, structural changes that were taking place in the trucking industry. Again, it's no coincidence uh, that two of the tightest struck markets in history have occurred uh, in, in the last three years. Uh, you look at what's happened to shipping, uh, to a certain extent what's happened to air freight. Uh, I think a lot of this is a function of you know structural change rather than uh, a sort of near-term temporary thing uh, that was uh, driven by the pandemic. When you layer on uh, bigger uh, trends and on top of that, things like ESG, uh, things like uh, uh, you know demographics and 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 the labor shortage, uh, we think uh, transportation as we know it uh, will uh, fundamentally change. Uh, over the next decade. So uh, two of the biggest uh, trends we are looking at is uh, just the automation of the trucking space. Uh, this is, uh, uh, again, uh, I say transformation of the trucking space. Uh, this is both from uh, an automation perspective with autonomous trucks, as well as the uh, potential electrification of trucks as well. Um, and also the broad digitization uh, of supply chains. We did a lot of work on uh, blockchain uh, and automation within uh, supply chain management uh, a few years ago. Uh, we think that's clearly a trend. Uh, so we think, again, what used to be a very, uh, you know, pen and paper, uh, and a, a human-driven physical uh, experience is going to be a much uh, and a higher tech, lower touch business going forward. Robbie, those are really great points. The sector is welcoming new technology, and that's important as the industry looks to grow and adapt. You know, you brought up autonomous vehicles. That's a really interesting technology that I don't know if many people are very familiar with. They hear about down the news, um, but they don't have an intimate understanding of what's going on. Do you mind just breaking down for us what's happening in terms of the technology development and the adoption in the space? 
Yeah, look, I mean, uh, it, it, let's unpack that a little bit. Uh, it's no surprise that, uh, you know, when you mention uh, autonomous trucking, a lot of people kind of have very, it sounds very science fiction-esque, right? So, like, people have very minority report-esque uh, visions in their head. Uh, again, from our perspective, at least, uh, this is uh, a lot more real than that. Uh, this is a lot more near-term uh, than that whole uh, you know, sci-fi uh, memories that, that it triggers uh, at initial mention. Again, I've been around uh, autonomous driving as, as a topic, as a technology uh, since 2013. Uh, I've done several, a couple of dozen autonomous test drives in my life. Uh, and, and, and look, I'd say uh, you know, autonomous trucking is, is one area of autonomous driving uh, that, that really gets me excited because I think uh, when the first fully autonomous vehicle uh, hits the road uh, in the U.S., I think it's more likely to be a Class 8 truck uh, than any other type of vehicle. I think there's been a lot of focus recently uh, about robo-taxi services and, and kind of driverless taxis, and I think that will absolutely come. Uh, but I think uh, uh, trucking is, is more likely to hit the road first uh, for a few reasons. One is that uh, we think uh, to achieve or realize the benefits of autonomy in trucking, uh, you can make do with level four technology. Level four uh, obviously is not quite as sophisticated as level five. So uh, if you talk about uh, a solution where you have a completely driverless truck that operates on highways only, obviously 93% of miles driven of a class A truck are on the highway, and then you have a human driver drive it the first and last mile on and off the highway, then you will, uh, you will realize the vast majority uh, of the benefits of autonomous trucking, uh, but you don't have to take that last step from a technology perspective to level five that you kind of have to do with passenger robot taxis today. Uh, the second uh, kind of big driver uh, to your uh, question uh, is, you know, what will accelerate implementation? And obviously, as we know, uh, trucking as a business uh, is significantly influenced by two factors. It's unit economics and it is uptime, right? So if you can deliver service uh, that will give you uh, a significantly uh, more reliable uh, product uh, than you have today uh, at a significantly lower cost, uh, that is going to see a fairly broad adoption, uh, which is a much easier uh, value proposition to sell to the industry than it is with passenger robo-taxis where uh, you know, every company has to convince you and me to get into a driverless vehicle uh, to go to the airport, right? So uh, we think these are two main drivers that uh, accelerate the adoption of autonomous trucking. In terms of benefits, obviously, there are significant benefits uh, in, in, in unit costs. We think that uh, an autonomous truck can be uh, up to 60% cheaper to operate uh, than a regular truck today. Uh, add another 10% savings on top of that if the truck is electric as well. So obviously, uh, 70% cost. Uh, Cost savings is a massive cost savings. Uh, and on top of that, uh, because you are not bound by driver hours of service regulations for a truck that doesn't have a driver, uh, you can uh, technically run these trucks uh, uh, 22 hours a day. Uh, and so you can at least uh, double the utilization of the truck. So think of a world where you can move 
the same amount of freight uh, in the U.S. today, but with half the number of trucks on the road, which obviously has everything to do, uh, kind of helps with the highway congestion and, and, and lower acid utilization and everything else. And obviously, the biggest benefit here is the safety aspect. Uh, obviously, we, uh, we, we have about you know, over 40,000 uh, fatalities every year. Obviously, not all of them are caused by, by, by trucks, uh, but when, when, when trucks are involved in accidents, they usually tend to be pretty severe. You're seeing what's going on with uh, insurance costs across the industry. And so we think autonomous trucks go a long way towards uh, rectifying that. And the big question that's going to be on everybody's minds is, you know, hey, this is all great, but when is this going to happen? This is something that happens uh, in a couple of decades. Uh, a lot of people bring up the never going to happen in my lifetime thing. Uh, but based on the current pace of technology, based on what a, a number of providers in the industry are talking about, we think the first level four autonomous trucks could hit the road uh, by the end of 2023 or early 2024, if not sooner than that. Uh, so we think that uh, by in the next couple of years, uh, you are going to start seeing uh, driverless trucks uh, on public highways uh, in the U.S. That's interesting. So are these fully autonomous, no assisted drivers? These are fully autonomous, uh, no drivers in them, uh, but obviously on, on the highway only. Uh, they will be within uh, geofenced areas, meaning they'll be running uh, routes that are pre-mapped uh, and pre-approved uh, by the technology providers. Um, uh, and uh, again, you will have a human driver uh, drive the truck uh, the first and last mile to uh, a terminal on the high, uh, adjacent to the highway and off a terminal adjacent to the highway. Ravi, that's really helpful context. When you think about um, how this will get adopted, surely regulation and public perception plays a role here. How have you seen or what is happening to date um, on the regulatory front? Are there things that are helping or potentially hurting the adoption of autonomous vehicles? And then how do you see really the this being pushed out to the public and dealing with some of the challenges on public perception and acceptance of the technology? Uh, so I think I'll, I'll probably break that question up into two parts because they, they really are two very different topics. One is regulation. The second is the public perception. Uh, on the regulation side of it, uh, again, uh, we have felt and kind of industry experts have told us uh, for the last couple of years now that autonomous trucking is one of the few areas of disruption uh, anywhere in the world in any industry uh, where regulation is probably ahead uh, of the technology. Uh, from a federal perspective, uh, a level four autonomous trucking has, uh, you know, it's basically something you can do. You can put these trucks on the road uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, so if you wanted to start an autonomous trucking company tomorrow, you absolutely can. Um, and it, it, the, the number of, from a state perspective, uh, the exact number of states varies uh, depending on who you ask and how you cut it. But roughly 26 states uh, in the country uh, also uh, kind of like the federal level permit uh, autonomous trucking for full commercial use today. Uh, another 20 states permitted for uh, um, uh, testing, uh, and, and, and the view is that they will soon approve it for commercial use. So only about four to five states uh, uh, have actually not said anything just yet, and we do expect to get clarity from those states before these trucks are actually ready to hit the road. So from a regulatory standpoint, uh, I don't really see any complexities here. From a public perception standpoint, obviously, it's a very different matter. Uh, uh, yes, it's it's, it's going to be uh, very hard for us as a society get, to get over uh, if and when an autonomous vehicle is uh, involved in an accident at some point. 
but look, I think I think again, as a society, it is something that you no, know, we will come together and embrace the risks and reward, right? So I think there will be an analysis of what happened. Uh, I think uh, we will figure out how to solve the problem. Uh, and given the uh, uh, again extremely strong value proposition and the fact that over time autonomous vehicles should help reduce traffic fatalities and and not uh, create them or increase them, uh, I think this is a path that we will go down as long as it seems like the problem is technologically solvable uh, to a great extent. When you look at the supply and the demand side on the autonomous vehicle, surely you have uh, technology and OEMs on the supply and operators on the demand side. How is this um, shaking out right now? What are you seeing in terms of um, innovation and, and adoption? Sure. Uh, so again, there are there are many many players as you can imagine who are uh, both directly and adjacently involved uh, in the space. Uh, I'd say the most directly involved uh, would be the autonomous trucking companies. Uh, we've seen uh, several uh, startups and, and new IPOs, uh, and 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 a private companies going public via SPAC in the space. Uh, uh, they obviously are, are developing the technologies themselves uh, and will be uh, among the first to market with these technologies. Uh, the second group of companies. Uh, are the truck OEMs. Obviously, we know who the big truck OEMs are. There are other new uh, emerging truck OEMs as well uh, who are looking to come to market uh, with these technologies and who will be the guys making the trucks that have these technologies that hit the road. Um, and then there are the fleet operators, the, the large TLs and LTL carriers in the country who, uh, again, will be operating these trucks uh, and will absolutely realize the operating cost benefits of, uh, of these technologies once uh, they hit the road. Uh, so yeah, ma- ma- many ways or many potential winners here. Uh, it remains to be seen exactly how much of the value pie accrues to uh, each of those cohorts. When you look at the adoption and the, the powertrains that are, autonomous vehicles are going to be applied to first, you, one thinks of autonomous and EV going hand in hand, but surely there's opportunities for autonomous to be used with um, diesel engines as well. Do you mind just talking a little, little bit about that? Uh, I, I think I think they will eventually go hand in hand. Uh, autonomy does not need electrification, uh, but autonomy works much better uh, in an electrified product uh, than uh, a, 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 an ICE or, or diesel engine uh, a truck. Uh, and so I think the first few autonomous trucks that hit the road will be traditional uh, ICE powertrains. Uh, but I think development and commercial launch of both of them are running uh, kind of fairly neck and neck. So I wouldn't be surprised if they both hit the road roughly at the same time. Ravi, this has been super enlightening for myself and I'm sure the viewers as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, no worries. Uh, yeah, fa- fascinating times and uh, very keen to see what happens in the space. Thanks for having me.